0: In 2021, we still see development and humanitarian campaigns that show harmful stereotypes, negative framing and traces of white saviorism. At the same time, we also see alternative frames in communication that question the status quo. In this podcast series about poverty porn, we open up the conversation about ethical, respectful and inclusive communication in global development. We do this together with the expertise center, Humanitarian Communication. This series is produced by Disrupt Development, the world's first post-growth innovation academy in global development.
1: Hello, and welcome back to this new Storycast on Humanitarian Communication. Uh, my name is uh, Wouter Omen, and I am here together with Emil Martens. Hey, hello. Hello. We are here from the Expertise Center on Humanitarian Communication. And today we would like to discuss the phenomenon of celebrity humanitarianism. Uh, but before we delve into that, we should actually, I think, discuss um, the phenomenon of white saviorism, uh, because celebrity humanitarianism is actually seen as a subgenre of what is more generally called white saviorism. And it has been discussed quite elaborately in all kinds of uh, sectors. But uh, I think Emil can uh, enlighten us a bit more about that.
2: Yeah, thanks, Walter. So, yeah, the white savior narrative... Um, is usually seen as a, as a story about non white people that centers on the benevolent actions of a white character, uh, thereby often sidelining or defocalizing or simplifying or reducing black characters. And specifically, the white savior character um, is often portrayed as this strong willed, this brave, and often optimistic rebel idealist who sticks his or her neck out, um, usually at his or her own risk, uh, to help help non-white peoples. Um, And the White Savior narrative is often also being seen in Hollywood cinema, um, although it's uh, seen in in many more places in popular culture, uh, as we will uh, discuss as well. And I would like to share with you a short clip, a short soundbite from the video essay The White Savior Trope Explained, uh, which was released uh, in 2020 by The Take, which is an American YouTube channel dedicated to making video essays in which they analyze and Deconstruct media tropes. And in this video essay, they deconstruct uh, white saviorism um, in Hollywood cinema. And here they specifically talk about how films uh, which center on um, African American stories, um, um, where the white savior is stepping forward and being um, actually the protagonist of the story. So the soundbite starts with uh, the film The Help from 2011, it's a Disney film, um, and then goes. Goes on and explaining the white savior trope a little bit more in detail.
3: The Help, a story about a white woman writing a book to confront racism, became one of the most streamed movies on Netflix, even reaching number one in the U.S. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. The 2011 film's resurgence in popularity was met with a strong backlash because The Help is widely considered a white savior narrative. In other words, a story about people of color that centers on the benevolent actions of a white character.
2: any civil rights movie, there's two heroes, there's the black hero and the white person that's equally as important.
3: Looking at the white savior character on screen over the decades, we can see a common profile. They're a strong-willed, often optimistic non-traditionalist who courageously risks being ostracized by their more prejudiced community in order to help a person of color.
0: Believe it or not, there are real racists in this town. If the wrong person caught you with anything like that, oh, you'd be in serious trouble.
3: They frequently star in a period piece, where this character appears ahead of the curve and stands in contrast to blatantly racist peers in their era.
1: You really think you can keep 700 Union soldiers? "...without proper shoes because you think it's funny."
3: The White Savior tends to be the main focus of their story. So while movies featuring this character may eloquently advocate for unity and fairness, they can also end up sidelining the Black and POC characters.
0: "...but you cannot hold Carl Lee Haley responsible for my shortcomings."
3: Perhaps most jarringly, The White Savior features in feel-good movies with happy endings
0: our kids could play together.
3: Which almost comfort viewers with a false sense that the ongoing complex problem of racism is essentially solved by the end of a two-hour movie.
2: So the, the white saviorism trope um, is not only, of course, present in, in Hollywood cinema um, and other popular culture, but also omnipresent in humanitarian communication um, and humanitarian discourse more generally. And it fits well, uh, well in the colonial tradition of white do-gooders rescuing non-white people from poverty and other adversity, saving and civilizing uh, the so-called third world or underdeveloped world. Um, and often um, it's uh, reducing complicated and deeply entrenched systemic problems Um, by one individual who simply cares enough, often with, uh, well, mainly in in Hollywood cinema, but also in humanitarian communication with a heartwarming solution, and actually often just minor optimistic acts of charity, uh, which usually do not allow to fix um, deeply entrenched and systemic problems. Um, And two of the genres in which we see white saviorism popping up um, is what we identified um, as the adventure journey and the misery simulation. So in the genre of the adventure journey, um, the white... Uh, or Western do-gooders is on location, uh, which is either a development worker um, or someone who travels to a particular country where development work is done and also does uh, 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 travel at the same time in which uh, an adventure journey, uh, either physically or mentally or both, um, is being combined with development work. And here we see again, as uh, has been done many times before the of the heroic adventure of the Western do-gooder and is often exoticizing and romanticizing non-Western people um, and places as being beautiful, as being warm, as being communal um, and so forth and so on. Thus, the experience of poverty, and here I mean the experience of poverty by the Western do-gooders who are taking this adventure journey, um, is seen as a personal fulfillment um, instead of uh, a fight against injustice um, and a fight for equality. Um, And that makes the adventure journey a quite problematic genre. Another genre that often has the white savior trope in it um, is the misery simulation. Um, Here, the Western or white do-gooders are at home, um, often as donors or as people who want to help. And here, um, poverty um, or other adversity is being simulated. Um, mainly by, again, an exciting adventure or a cool outing for the self. And this could be a sports activity or a community activity. Um, And again, we see here the exoticization and the romanticization of misery and other adversity um, in the global South and even sometimes making kind of a a joke um, out of it. Um, So we have seen in all the examples that we came across that assimilation of systemic problems um, is not possible or not respective, uh, respectfully possible. So here we have already seen a few examples um, of white saviorism um, and the white saviorism trope comes in many forms and shapes. um, And we think that celebrity humanitarianism is also one of the forms or one of the shapes um, that white saviorism uh, is is coming to the front.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, celebrity humanitarianism is actually quite closely associated with uh, white saviorism for for obvious reasons, I think, uh, mainly Because uh, of the fact that for years now, we've seen celebrities, uh, both uh, whites, but also uh, people of color, um, who go to uh, um, projects, development projects and then take center stage thereby marginalizing all other kinds of actors uh, present on that sites, uh, be that uh, development workers but also the people whom it is actually about so we've actually seen uh, quite a lot of celebrities who actually uh, become an ambassador, take center stage and then fulfill the archety- uh, archetype of the white savior so, so the, the association between both is uh, is quite Clear and uh, and I think uh, obvious and I think that we should generally uh, stop with that. So there there's no excuse. We should just not do that anymore. Uh, I do know that Comic Relief, for instance, uh, has been critiqued for sending uh, celebrities to uh, development projects, and they said, "Okay, we will not. We will just not do it anymore." Um, I, I think that's a that's a very good thing uh, to do. Um, but I do also think that underneath the critique of white saviorism, there's a more fundamental problem with humanitarian uh, celebrity humanitarianism, and that is the fact that if you use celebrities to draw attention to something, and that is a campaign, for instance, by a development uh, NGO, if you use the celebrity to draw attention to that, then the celebrity will do exactly that, draw attention to maybe the campaign uh, through being present, so by drawing drawing attention to him or herself. So the very aim of using celebrities has an inbuilt problem of taking center stage and thereby marginalizing other people and other voices. So I do think that the, the connection between white saviorism and celebrity humanitarianism is so strong because celebrity humanitarianism has this inbuilt problem of the celebrity taking center stage and giving her or his own perspective on the situation, while most of the time that is actually not a relevant perspective because uh, the celebrity um, is mainly and quite often uninformed about what is actually going on. so I do think that this is a problem of representation more generally. And what we see is that the critique on celebrity humanitarian um, humanitarianism has been actually quite vast. Um, and one other critique that I find quite interesting, uh, and that I have my questions about, but I also think is valid, um, is the fact or the idea that celebrities are just in it for themselves. So, uh, obviously, being a celebrity, uh, you you have the role of building a public persona for yourself, um, which can be strengthened, obviously, uh, by doing something for the public good. So, we, we actually... Um th- we've seen the critique that celebrities are just doing their ambassadorial work to build their own public persona and that makes them suspicious and I actually wonder whether that is a good or a productive critique because when questioning um the incentives and the aims for the celebrity him or herself, we actually... Um, are being drawn away from the actual question of representation. Uh, and I do think that we actually should focus on what kinds of images are being produced uh, in the name of celebrity humanitarianism by the use of celebrities. Um, what kind of problematic images do we actually see rather than that we critique um the, the, the fact that celebrities might be in it for themselves and actually also we, we actually will not know because uh, there, there's n- we cannot ask the question whether they are actually doing it for themselves, it will be answered negatively anyway. So I do think that we should actually focus on how in the end, it affects the, the imagery. And that kind of imagery is problematic because also the use of celebrities uh, usually comes with a big, big, super big contrast between the celebrity on the one hand um, and the people whom it's actually about on the other hand. Because we see that celebrities have been trained to do very well on camera, to speak beautiful sentences. Uh, They usually have makeup kinds of perfect clothing uh, they usually actually also fulfill an idea of a, uh, a, a perfect body a perfect uh, uh, body in the sense that uh, they are sexy they have something like an x-factor um, and the contrast between adversity on the one hand and the perfect persona of celebrity on the other hand is, I think, very problematic. So so I would say that celebrity humanitarianism has many, many pitfalls uh, because of which it came to be associated with white saviorism uh, more generally. And the problem with them being uninformed um, is, I think, one of the main uh, things that is, uh, that is in place there.
2: I think that if you want to take the route of celebrity humanitarianism, um, then the the celebrity, the celebrity ambassador should be informed, should be an informed citizen, should be engaged with the topic. um, If you go that route, that is, because as Walter already mentioned, we would recommend not to use it uh, at all.
1: If you have to overcome all of these hurdles to actually do it right, then maybe it's just not a good idea. So this is what we wanted to share with you today. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, hope to see you uh, next time with our next StoryCast on uh, humanitarian communication. Cheers.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast channel. Disrupt Development is the world's first post-growth innovation academy in global development. We work with leaders, nonprofits, social enterprises, corporates, international institutions, and governments to help them innovate, maximize impact, and achieve systems change. Want to know more? Visit us at disruptdevelopment.org.